This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, so switching gears <laughs> here, your dad is a professional athlete, as yes. we've already talked about, and now you're dating an athlete. I am. You are? Okay. <laughs> Tell me how you guys met and... Anything about it? It's like the first time I've like ever talked about Yay! this. <laughs> we are breaking the news over here at Austin. Yeah. What's up, everybody? It's Katie Austin here. Welcome back to Austin AF. And if you're watching this, I am so sorry for how I look. I am exhausted, you guys. I just got back from Coachella yesterday. And let me tell you, it is a whirlwind of three days. And I know you guys heard a lot of rumors about the whole Revolve Fest. I was actually there. I have some tea myself. But overall, it was a fun weekend. I think that a lot of people online, you if you follow a lot of influencers, you guys know that everyone had like mixed feelings about the weekend. And I think it's for a few different reasons. So my take on the entire weekend is Coachella is whatever you make it. Meaning if you go there for the music, you guys can make it about the music. But I feel like the influencers this year just really made it about like the looks and the outfits and they put a lot of pressure on what they looked like and what they were wearing and how they were styled because all the influencers that I am friends with and I talked to had a horrible time and all the influencers I follow had a horrible time. And I was like a little bit confused by that because A, you know, you can have fun if you go. It's a it's a music festival. Like, at, 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 it's a music festival. You should be having fun. Like, the, the point is to have fun at Coachella. But I just feel like, and I fell into this too, that all the influencers going kind of put too much pressure on themselves. And hear me out here. I feel like a lot of the times as influencers, we have to live up to this like you know, idea and stereotype of like dressing cute and going to all the parties and you get kind of FOMO. And if you don't like go to the Revolve Fest and go to all the parties that you're invited to and you're like, I want to just like make sure that I'm hitting everything. You know, a lot of the time it is for work too. Some of these influencers are being paid to go to these events at the same time. For me, I fell into this trap a little bit of Coachella because the first day that I went, I wore a dress that was like really tight on my stomach <laughs> and boots. And my cowboy boots had like a two-inch heel in them. I learned the hard way. And you walk miles. I walked 30,000 steps. And that doesn't include like the jumping up and down and down, dancing. 30,000 steps every single day. And so you want to look really, really 
the influencers want to look really, really good, but the whole point of being there is to dress really comfy. Being comfy is absolute key. And I feel like a lot of the times, you know, the influencers forgot that comfort was key because it's like 10 hours of standing on your feet and so much walking. So I learned the hard way on Friday and I, on Saturday and Sunday, dressed so casual. I wore tennis shoes and I had like a way, way better experience because once you just like give up on how you care about how you look, it changes everything. And I know that sounds so crazy and so obvious, but it's so freaking true. I like Saturday, Sunday, I woke up and I was like, I don't really give a shit how I look today. It doesn't really matter. Nobody cares, you guys. Yes, the people who had the killer Coachella outfits, you know what? They got a lot of likes. They might've got a lot of comments, but it wasn't worth it. If it was comfy, sure, it's worth it. But at the same time, like you have to realize like you can make whatever you want out of it. And the festival is not about what you're wearing. I'm sorry. It's about the good music, seeing your favorite artists, seeing and going with your friends. And honestly, the food is absolutely phenomenal there. So um, if you're going to Stagecoach this upcoming weekend, just make sure you are dressing super comfy. Or if you're going to any festival in general, I will also say that I feel like a lot of the influencers were downing the entire weekend um, only because at the same time, they haven't been to a festival in a long time, right? What I mean by this is we have not been to a festival in absolute years. The last time there was Coachella was 2019, which is three years ago. I feel like a lot of the times people aren't really used to huge crowds, big environments like that, lots of walking, loud music. I, I seriously think like because of the pandemic, it like shocked people and into like how big of a thing this really was. And I know that sounds like, of course, it was Coachella. It's a festival. A lot of the times we forget what they're like. We literally have forgotten. It's been three years since Coachella. Not only that, but I, the last time I was at Coachella was like, I was 24 years old. 24 to 28 is a really big, big difference. If you are, you know, in your younger 20s, your mid 20s, you have a more capability of rallying stereotypically. And for me as a 28 year old, it was freaking hard to do all three days. I will say I really had a really good time, but at the same time, um, stagecoach, I'm going to take it a little slower just because um, I just, I think a little slower with my alcohol intake as well. Um, so if you're going to be coming to stagecoach, I'd love to see you there. Come say hi um, to me. If you see me, I met some of you guys at Coachella and I thought it was like the coolest experience ever. It's just so fun to see you guys and meet you guys in real life. Um, and then in terms of the Revolve Fest, here's the, here's the tea here. All right. There's been a lot of stuff online. And as I'm telling this right now, this is going to be like a, a week later that when this podcast comes out. So I don't even know if it's going to be irrelevant anymore, but I will say Number one, if you were in the Revolve Fest, you had no idea what was actually going on. There probably 95% of the people who were at Revolve Fest like did it right, meaning like they didn't have any issues with the buses or anything. But at the same time, once they reached over capacity, they, you know, the buses got kind of crazy. I will say they should have been more prepared to handle an event like that with all these shuttles going back and forth and people waiting hours. So for me, I went with my boyfriend. We actually went pretty early because we were going to actually the Coachella. Um, festival, which has nothing to do with Revolve. They're actually not affiliated. So a lot of the people went at like 5 p.m., but my boyfriend and I were like leaving at 5 p.m. And we were leaving and there was no buses, like literally no buses. And we were missing so many of our favorite artists at Coachella. So we're super bummed. So we wait like 20, 25 minutes for a bus. And um, by the way, this is in the middle of nowhere, like in the freaking desert, middle of nowhere. Yes, we're outside a beautiful mansion where the Revolve party was held, but 
both sides of the street are blocked off for a mile. Like no cars, no Ubers are allowed to come. Like you have to shuttle there because they didn't want to give away the address. Totally makes sense. It's just, just been logistically a little bit, you know, easier to handle with that many people. So 5 p.m., my boyfriend and I want to leave. We wait like 20, 25 minutes for a bus. We're like, okay, first in line. And there's like hundreds of people behind us now, like waiting because we waited so long for the damn bus to go. And from that bus, they took us to a deserted parking lot. And that's where we're going to Uber from. But if you saw the Ubers, it was absolutely fucking impossible to get out out of there. Like absolute fucking shit show to get out of there. And honestly, not to be dramatic here, but like my nightmare being stranded somewhere, like I I honestly didn't know what else to do. So what did we do? Um, Basically, we waited 20, 25 minutes for the bus. And then the guy closes the door on us and says, I'm on my lunch break. Peace out couldn't take us. So all of a sudden they were like, the bus is going to come to the other side of the street. And all of a sudden there's like hundreds of people behind us for waiting for the bus, but my boyfriend and I are in the front of the line and they're like other side of the street. Everyone starts sprinting. And me and my boyfriend are like, wait, we were the front of the line. Now we're like behind 300 people and there's only one bus that fits 60 people. So we're like, okay. Um, everyone is pushing and shoving and sprinting to the bus. So we look at each other. I'm wearing tennis shoes, thank God. And it was not my boots today. And um, we just start walking. We walked about a mile, I would say. And uh, past the mile, past the barricades, we saw probably another mile of traffic. And when there was like a, a dead stop of traffic because it was such a shit show getting out of there that like literally all the Ubers or whatever buses and shuttles like were lined up. And so it was a barricade in the middle of the um, highway. So like you can't even like, do a U-turn. So we keep walking. We're walking past a mile now, right? And it is really hot outside. I am really tired, but I'm like, I'm just happy I'm like getting out of that area. I don't really want to be like fighting for my spot on a bus with like all these influencers. Like it's a fucking SNL skit. And so we just keep walking. And finally, we decide to get on the other side of the road and hitchhike. (laughs) And that's how we got to the festival. We literally were just standing on the side of the road and we were just like putting up our thumbs and being like, can you take us to the festival? And one guy pulled over and we saw people getting out of his car and we're like, holy shit, holy shit. So we sprint up to the car and we're like, hi, sir, $100 cash, $100 cash. Meanwhile, this is like three and a half miles from Coachella, $100 cash. And he goes, hmm, $150. And we're like, excuse me, $100 cash, like on the side, not even Uber, like a, like we're fucking hitchhiking. And so we were, I, I was like, $120, $120. And he's like, yeah, get in, whips it around. We get out of there. But at the same time, like, we had to fend for ourselves. And I think a lot of times what happened with the Revolve Festival is that the influencers were not used to being treated that way. And I don't disagree with them, that's for sure. But I will say, if we were caught in that bus situation, it would have not been pleasant because everyone was like, shoving each other and like really make trying to like get on the bus and there was not enough room for everybody. Um, and at this point it was, we couldn't even bail because there was no way to, we were already at the festival. There was no way to get home. So yes, I, I agree to some degree that like it was a, it needed to be taken care of a little bit more properly. I do disagree with how dramatic some of these influencers are being. No offense to them. I think a lot of the time they're like trying to talk about the whole Revolve Fest for like clout. I mean, I'm just trying to tell my side of the story because I was actually there. A lot of the times I've seen on TikTok, like all these girls not even at the Revolve Fest or at Coachella whatsoever, just like telling their past experiences. And I'm like, okay, sister, relax. Like, by the way, if it was so bad, there was a way to get out of it. Like my boyfriend and I, I'm sorry, we're 28 years old, fend for yourself, like figure it out. You know what I mean? Like 
Think on your feet. There's a way to get out of it. You don't need to push people around in any way. Um, start walking. Start doing something else. And if people were stuck there for four hours spending them for themselves, like trying to go to the festival, just leave. You don't even have to go to the. You don't even have to go to Revolve Fest. Just leave. So I do think, at some degree, like they weren't used to being treated like this, and they do need to like understand that you know logistically, um, you know I don't know logistically it wasn't the best setup at the same time like it wasn't that, that insane. It wasn't like fire Festival, you guys. You're not flying to the freaking Bahamas here, all right? So um, that was my tea about it. Uh, and yeah, I also, I also will say that someone like me was not being paid to go, but to get to tickets, I was actually contractually obligated to do an Instagram post mm -hmm. there and for TikToks. So someone like me, I'm like, okay, well, I now understand at one perspective, why all these influencers are upset because they contractually agreed to do posts there. And if they can't get there and they're having a really bad experience with it, it's just not amazing to feel obligated to be somewhere when it's impossible to get in and out of there when you're when you have to post. So at the end of the day, it was is some influencers work. Um, but I think that it's a little bit dramatic to compare it to the fire festival. Figure stuff out, figure like hop on your own two feet, use your brain. And yeah, that's my tea about the Revolve Fest. And um, all right, cool. My brain is mush. So I probably shouldn't drink so much alcohol at Stagecoach. I need to listen to my own damn advice. Now we are going to have Natasha Bure. I just learned that that's how you say her last name, you guys. I was calling her Natasha Burr. And it's Beret. And she is actually a YouTuber, an actress, a singer. She even like appeared on The Voice, which is crazy. She wrote her own book at like 17 years old. She actually also um, is the daughter of Cameron Candace Beret. Beret. I'm going to actually ask her when she comes in the studio how to say her last name properly. But she's the daughter of um, Candace Cameron Beret, and who was uh, the star of Full House, which is so freaking cool. So I'm going to ask about that. And I'm so excited her for her to come in the studio. So without further ado, here she comes. All right, you guys, Natasha is in the Austin AF studio. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Sorry, um, I prompted my um, listeners that I was at Coachella, and so I'm sorry if I'm a little brain mushed up right now. I I applaud you for going to Coachella. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I came it's back tough. yesterday. It's, it's a tough three days, and I went actually two days early, and my friend was in town, mm -hmm. and she came in on Thursday morning, and so we actually went out Thursday as well. Oh. So it's actually four days. Terrific. <laughs> Even Terrific. better. Really Perfect. good time. Yeah, so yesterday I was probably the most tired I've ever been in a, in a really long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> okay, so I was about to ask you this, yeah. and I didn't know. I tried to look up how you say your last name. Yes. It's not... Bure, no. it's beret. Yes, it is. You say great. Oh my god! Is, Good job. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Do, yeah. a, lot, do a lot of people like confuse how you yeah, say last name? Yeah, a lot of people do. Um, and I usually don't correct people because I just don't. But some people get it right, but a majority of them say like something yeah. random. Yeah, I was gonna say bure, but I was yeah. like, well, I think I should look it up because <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's spelled like that, but it's it's. It's actually a French last name. My dad's Russian, so it has, like, the accent, but there's no but there's accent, no, oh, you know, on it. So right, I feel right, like right, if there right, was, right. people would, like, pronounce it differently. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, okay, so I would love for you to kind of explain to everyone what you do yeah. because I feel like there's so many different facets of what you do. <laughs> yeah. Like acting, social, yeah. and so just, like, a little quick background. Yeah. Um, I kind of do a bunch of different things, like you said. Um, I started out— 
um, doing social media and YouTube, Instagram, and then I also act. I do music. I've written a book. I kind of just like spread myself. Wait, speaking of music, you were on The Voice. Yeah. Wait, wait, that's crazy. How old were you when you were on The Voice? I was 17, dude, and it was oh not a proud gosh. season of my life. I'm, like, not proud of that at all. So not, like, the fact that I went on, just, like, my performance. I was not very proud did of Did you always want to get in the entertainment field? <laughs> um, yeah, I've always loved it. Actually, um, the only other thing I would ever want to do is sports because my dad was a professional hockey player, and so growing up, he, like, immersed us in the whole sports world, so I played tennis. And I thought for a while I wanted to go pro in that, um, but I've always loved, like, music and acting and entertainment and modeling and stuff like that. So I, I also did that when I was younger. And um, I think when I was like 15, I kind of was like, I'd rather go on that route than the sports route. So. Right. Right. Wait, that's yeah. so interesting that you play yeah. tennis. I play tennis too. Oh, do you? Okay, yeah. let's play. My dad was a professional tennis player. Oh, no way. So that was like kind of like my, I kind of had a similar experience yeah. as you. Like I realized, like I had to make a decision pretty young, like I would say 15 or 16 mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to like play yeah. in college. So yeah. I actually played lacrosse though in college. Oh, and you chose a good route not to play yeah. because it's great as, as female athletes, I think, you know, to play to a certain point. Mm-hmm. I think that like till senior year or even into college is amazing. But at the same time, for me, I was super behind on a career because there were, like, unfortunately, there's not enough money in women's lacrosse. Mm -hmm. So I had to give it up at some point. And, like, you got, like, ahead of your career knowing that you— So did you play in college? I did. You did, okay. Yes. I played, like, USTA when I was younger. Wow. Natasha. I know. (laughs) You. I played USA when I, when I was younger, and then I played in high school, and then my senior year after that, like, after high school. I didn't go to college, but once I was done with high school, I, I stopped playing. Like, so you didn't go to college because you were going to pursue an entertainment field? Yeah. Wow. Honestly, it's wow. so weird. I, like, have always known that I've never wanted to go to college, which I think also— my parents, neither of them went to college, so right. I never had this, like, influence where all my right. other friends were like, my parents went to this college and this college, and they were always, like— big on that. And I was like, well, I don't have any influence. I don't even know what college is. Really, my parents, like, don't speak about it at all. So when it right. came time, that makes literally, sense. like, a month before, like, applications were due, my parents were like, so what are you thinking? I was like, I'm not going. Like, wow, we never so talked about this. So, yeah. That's really, really interesting because I feel like it's like, usually the opposite of, like, kid, like, parents mm-hmm. pressuring their kids to go to yeah. college a lot. And I would say for you in your sense, too, like, growing up with two you know, very successful parents yeah. too and not them thinking like, okay, you can make a career not going to college because you can. Yeah. Which is like social media, which what you do now. Mm-hmm. But you were also lucky enough at your age to have social media already, right? Yeah, I got social media when I was 15. Okay. So like... That's pretty young. Yeah, yeah. it is pretty I young. I feel like I was the last generation to not have social media at a young age because mm-hmm. I'm 28. So I'm like okay. five years older than yeah. you. So you grew up with, you know... I was going to say TikTok. You did not grow up with no, TikTok. No, I did not. I didn't even know what TikTok <laughs> was from recently, with, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> you grew up with YouTube. Yeah. You grew up with Instagram yeah. and all that stuff. Do you think, like, the word influencer, you ever, like, saw yourself being an influencer? No, definitely not. I still don't, which is, the yeah. like, I don't think of myself as that. What what I started doing on social media was when I was 15. Uh, I started on YouTube, actually. I think I had YouTube before I even had Instagram. I had really bad skin, like terrible Your acne. Stunning skin. Thank you. That's so <laughs> kind. Um, I had the worst skin, and my everyone in my family has beautiful skin. All my friends had flawless skin, and I didn't know 
how to like apply makeup or cover yeah. my acne. So I would watch YouTube videos all the time. And then you watch so many and then you kind of like, you know, when you're in your bathroom and you start doing like a makeup tutorial, but like you're not actually filming. Yeah. Like, I would do yeah. that all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, I might as well just post one. So then I just kind of started doing it. And then it turned into me just posting my life online and then it spiraled into what it is now. But oh, it was never a goal of like, I want to be an influencer. I want to do right. social media as a job. Um, but it just kind of happened. You kind of wanted to be relatable in a sense because did you see a lot of people out there with acne? Because for me, I actually struggled with acne like so bad too. And for me, I never saw acne online, right? I did. It's always Photoshopped yeah. out. So I think that was like a huge, like a, a huge thing also. I don't know if you talked about acne. Did you ever talk about acne on your YouTube? Oh yeah, stuff? all the yeah. time. I still do. Like I've gone through so many like ins and outs with my skin and it's like a huge struggle and um yeah I feel like on YouTube at least for me I didn't have a big sister I have two little brothers so YouTube was like my big sister in a way and so when I started it I was like if I could be like that for somebody else that would be cool you know I think also with acne it's so interesting because I don't think it gets enough you know people people look at it and you're like oh you're fine you just have a few zits here and there and they kind of demean it a little bit. Yeah. And for me, when I had acne, I was the most insecure ever. Oh, yeah. I, and it took over everything. Like when I was talking to a cute boy, I would be like, he's looking at my acne. Yep. When I was doing anything in like broadcast, I was like, they're looking at my acne. They can see it in HD. And it like really took over my entire mind. And I think if like, it doesn't matter what you are struggling with. If it's mm-hmm. something that you're that insecure about, it hurts. Yeah, it does. It's weird because I had, I had a really bad acne maybe from when I was like 16 to... I'll say like 18 or 19, like a while. And I finally got it cleared. My skin was great. And then within the past year, my body just like changed again. And I got really bad acne this past year. And it has been like, I'm having to retrain my brain of like, okay, you already went through this. It's okay. Like it's going to clear up again, but it takes you to this place of like insecurity. You think everyone's looking at you and like your acne and your scars and all of this stuff. And it's um, for people who haven't experienced it before. I'm so like happy that they haven't. But for people who have, I feel their pain feel and them. you get it. You know, yes. you really get it. And and you brought up a really good point. I actually didn't get my acne till later. Mm-hmm. I got acne when I was like, I would say 22 years old. Mm-hmm. So I had beautiful skin my entire life. I never wore makeup. Yeah. And then it's a weird thing when all of a sudden something hormonally switches mm-hmm. and you get like adult acne. Because yeah. I was like 22. I'm like, what? What am I getting this for? What am I doing wrong? I've changed nothing. So if you would say one or two things that help you most with your acne, what would it be? Because I love hearing like new skin routines. Well, honestly, I try to stay away from gluten and dairy. I feel like a lot of my acne comes from like internal stuff. Um, I don't touch my face. I wash my face (laughs) twice a day, you know, like tips like that. Um, But I think think in like this particular stage, a lot of it's just like hormones in your body changing and stuff like that. Um, I'm really lucky that I go to a dermatologist who can help me with that type of stuff. But just like honestly taking good care of your skin. And I think all of your skin and all of your body really starts from the inside. So if you're not taking care of your inside, then the outside is going to reflect that. Totally. And, And I think what works for you and what works for me and, you know, might not work for the person listening yeah. to this. It takes like trial and error. Oh, 100%. For me, I gave up dairy for 10 months. Didn't Nothing. see a difference yeah. for, with my acne. Um, I even went on Accutane. I went on Accutane too. It didn't help me. I was allergic to it. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. I it's had so been on I had too. been in, I had been on multiple antibiotics and they were doing the trick, but I wanted something quicker. Yeah. It like wasn't speeding enough for me. So I 
told my dermatologist I want to go on Accutane and like I did all the blood work for it that you're supposed to. And I took it for like two days and my face like puffed up so bad oh, no. and I just stopped. And then I went to him and I was like, this is my reaction. He was like, yeah, you're definitely yeah, you're allergic, allergic to, to it. it. Yeah, Dang. I know. So I took it for like four months. And then I had, like, a lot of liver issues with it, so uh-huh. I had to stop taking it. Didn't help me at all. And my doctor kept just prescribing me up a dose, up a dose, yeah. up a dose. And I was like, this is really unhealthy for me. Mm-hmm. And it was like a dermatologist who just, like, wanted a, you know, quick in right. and out money. Totally. And I will say, I think the one thing that has helped me a lot a is obviously routine and being mm-hmm. like, you know, really good with your skin, but it's just growing out of it. Yeah. I know it's really sucky to hear. I had acne for like three, four years and I just mm-hmm. grew out of it. Yeah. And so I think just waiting it out, I know that sounds like really bad advice and you just want like something right now, but at the same time it will get better. Yeah. And that's what I've had to remind myself this past year because I feel like I've been doing everything right with my skin, like getting yeah. facials, eating clean, like taking care of my body and all, all of that stuff. And I still will have it. And I'm like, just got to wait it out. And I got to be okay with that. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to like literally be okay and it's with natural. it. It's natural. Yeah. You know, everyone goes through it. Everyone goes through it. And no one else is looking at it like you're looking at no. it. And it's so much more of a big deal in your own head. Just yeah, remember that. Totally. Like if you have a pimple on your forehead, uh, what I like to do too, if I like now get a pimple or like something's like really standing out, I say it to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, totally. Yo, I know I have a pimple. Just look at it. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Just keep going. But I think about all my friends if they have a bad skin day or something, and I'll I will look at their skin and think like they're probably thinking that I'm thinking about it, but I'm, but I'm so not. not. I'm so not. So then I'm like, I need to remind myself when I have a bad skin day, they're not looking at my skin. They're yes. really not. It's so mm-hmm. freaking true. And I feel like your book really, you wrote a lot about this. I know you wrote it, what, five years ago now? Six, yeah. Six years ago? So, so By the way, <laughs> which is crazy, you wrote the book at age 17? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys, Katasha wrote a book <laughs> at age 17. That's really unheard of. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm like, yup. Do you look back now and you're like, damn, that was crazy. I haven't or- read it in a while, so I need to like proofread my advice. But I think it's, <laughs> it was pretty like fair sounding probably. You probably changed a lot too because I feel like 17 oh, and 23 is like a, 100%. you probably grew up a little. But I, yeah. I will say at the same time, it is really amazing that you as a 17-year-old wrote about being real. Because I feel like not a lot of people have that courage to do mm-hmm. that. If you remember <laughs> at all, what are some like the big takeaways of your book? Um, I think a huge one for me is is remembering how much social media is like a highlight reel. And I feel like for me, I get caught up in it on a daily basis. Like I'm not saying I'm perfect at all, but um, – you know, our lives, I feel like in this day and age, are so surrounded by the content that we see online. And we're so quick to compare ourselves to the next person. And I think you have to remember, like, you're only posting the perfect yeah. or, like, the most perfect photos you, you can find. I'll take, like, a thousand photos and post one, you yeah. know? Like, right. I'm not taking one and uploading it. Like, no. I'm perfecting it and making sure it's great. And so I think a lot of times— um, just remember that it's a highlight reel and life is life. And I try to be um, as authentic as I can and like post, you know, just every aspect of it. So people who um, who are just at home, maybe it could be if you have uh, not as many friends or you're having relationship problems and then you look at someone online and their, their life seems like, you know, picture perfect. Right. I, I would never want them to compare their lives to mine and think like, oh, it's so much better totally. as if I don't have issues or I don't have problems. So I think that's like a huge thing for me and uh, something I try to remind myself and my, you know, friends always remind each other of. So yeah. And I think it's a really good reminder, especially like after Coachella mm-hmm. and Stagecoach coming up and all these festivals and like summer vacations and travel, especially like Coachella. I was talking about it in my intro today. And it's like, 
everyone online, if they did have the best time of their lives, good for you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you said, it's a highlight reel and they're only posting like the most amazing parts. And I actually read something the other day that was like social media is always so dramatic. It's always the best of the best. Totally. I'm having the best salad today. Mm -hmm. I'm on the best vacation of my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm super guilty of that. Yeah. At one, one part of me is like, I want to create this like positive environment where everyone is positive and they're getting, you know, positivity out of my content. But it also, uh, one side, I'm just like, I, I hope people know, like, obviously you have struggles. And yeah, have totally. Different things that we go through. It's hard to find the balance of like being super real and then also keeping like a positive outlook and having like encouragement on there. You know what I mean? Yeah, because if we are to complain, then we are ungrateful. Right. And that's what I struggle with because I know for a fact we are so privileged. We are so grateful. But at the same time, if we ever get caught complaining, I don't know if you ever experience mm-hmm. this, yeah. then I'm a brat. I'm spoiled. Yeah. And that type of shit, I always try to stay positive because I want people to know how grateful I am. Right. Do you ever like struggle with like... Oh, yeah. All the time. I, I remember I posted like a... Um, <laughs> it's so funny. I tried to post this IGTV a while ago. I was getting so many comments under my Instagram that were saying like, you look like you have the perfect life. I'm so jealous. Uh, this looks like literally, you know, you live, you're living the dream. And at that particular time, I was probably the lowest I had ever been like with my mental health. Like I was super depressed. I had just gone through like some type of breakup and um, I was like lost. I was very, yeah. very lost. And so it was ironic that I had all these people commenting this, having like not knowing not knowing that I was right. going through this this deep struggle. And so I made this IGTV kind of just explaining the irony of it and like opening up and saying like, hey guys, I know that I've been getting these comments, but this is just a reminder not to compare yourself because right now I'm I'm like at the lowest I've probably ever been. And some of the comments were like super encouraging, but then yeah. a lot of the comments <laughs> yeah, were like, well, yeah. why are you complaining? And like right. all this stuff. And um, it, it just feel like everything can get twisted online. You go one way and then you get attacked. You, you go win. another way, you get attacked. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I literally can't win. I'm just going to do whatever whatever I want to do. And I, I hope that the people who follow me and who like really like support me and support you would get your heart behind the things that you post and, For and sure. where you're coming from. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters because, you know, so many people are always going to find an issue. Totally. And and my friend actually has a really good point. She says that um, if you are one post away from unfollowing me, I don't want you anyways. Yeah. Like I don't want to be walking on eggshells all the time no. with like who is following me. And I don't care if someone unfollows me because I am, you know, complaining about something and not that I complain very often, yeah. but like for us, it goes so, so far as it, it, it for me goes so far at least that people compare me to my mom all the mm-hmm. time and they're like, you don't understand how privileged you are. And I think for me, it's just being self-aware of my privilege because yes, I, I like have very, very a blessed life with my parents, but at the same time, and I'm sure you can relate to this. Our parents can open a door, but they can't walk us through. We still have to do the fucking work. Yeah. And so that's what I I would love people to know to more. It's yeah. like, yes, we we're not just we're not just handed everything. Mm-hmm. We have to work. And just because our parents do something and we want to do the exact same thing. I don't know if you know this, but my mom is a fitness expert. Yeah. She had her own show for 26 years. Mm-hmm. So when I got in the industry, it was constant comparison. Right. Of like I'm sure that bothered you. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I have thick skin. It yeah. didn't bother me. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I've gotten to the point where I'm 28 now and I've gotten over it. But did you ever struggle or do you struggle with like being compared to your mom all the time? All the time. I had to step, I had to step away from her, uh, like from working with her actually, like a few years ago, I had, I had this tough conversation with her, which now is totally fine. But I was constantly getting compared to her. I would, when I was in middle school. I, like, I've loved musical theater and acting since I was super young, and I actually never even saw my mom act until I was probably 10. But even when I was in, like, elementary school, middle school, when I would get a role in a play, the first thing my friends would compare is like, yep. oh, your mom got it for you. And I'm like, do you think my mom has time to <laughs> yeah. go to my school and, like, beg the director of yeah. this play to be in it? Like, no. And so it's been my whole life, but recently, just on my own, there's been projects that we've had the opportunity to do together and I've just had to say no for my own mental health because I was like, I just cannot hear all these voices of like, I don't want to be someone's kid my whole life. Totally. You know, I'm my own person. I have my own talents and I want to be able to showcase that for myself. Absolutely. And I, it's so funny you said that you stopped working with your mom. I stopped working with my mom a little bit and not in a sense like that I don't love working with her. Yeah. She's literally my best friend. Same. Literally, we have the best relationship. My best friend, I tell her everything and mm -hmm. she she helps mm -hmm. with business. It's just that I want to be my own person. Yeah. And I know, like, I see, I, I look you up online, right? Mm -hmm. And I look me up online. It's daughter, daughter of. Daughter of, yeah. And I'm like, when the hell will that go yeah. away? Oh, I know. Yeah. It's when, hard. It's and hard. it's like, it's, it's definitely more of a, like a me problem too because I'm like I just need to get over it and like just know that like I'm worth it I'm I'm worthy of like everything that I'm doing and I have talent and like um it won't always be that way but like in the moment I, I I'm thinking that's the only thing people think of me as you know I couldn't and you're agree like more. okay that's not and, the case yeah and I, I've talked to you know obviously I'm a therapist I've talked to her about this too I like talked to my boyfriend and my best friends and and it's no one else thinking this but it's me trying to prove 100 percent it's 1, the word proving. Yep. And my sister once said to me, who are you trying to prove? Yeah. Who is it? And mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm, good question. Who am I trying to prove? Yeah. Is are these haters online yeah. or is it people that just like always compare me? But like, I know in my heart, and I know you probably agree, this is exactly what I want to do. Right. And so if it is exactly what I want to do, then who cares? Then who cares? Literally. And you are your own person, mm -hmm. and it just so happens to be Being what the same. Totally, totally. Right. If you weren't doing, if you weren't doing the same thing, you wouldn't, you wouldn't probably get the comparison at all. But it's like if you're in the same industry or you're doing the same vibe, like you get compared so much. And yeah, it's the same thing. I'm like, if I love what I'm doing and I'm genuinely happy, then why do I give a crap what totally. anybody else thinks or what they're gonna label me as? I'm happy doing what I'm doing. That's all that matters. And did it take you a, like a few years to understand the thick skin around it? I feel like people who online are like. I, you just have to stop comparing yourself. That is so much harder said than done. Yeah. I think it, it was like a couple of years ago, I, I told my mom, I don't, there was like, a, I think there was a, there was a project that we got offered to do together and I had told her no. And she got kind of, not like offended, but she got kind of like, well, why? Hi. Like, it's like, totally. this is whatever. Yeah. And I had to explain to her um, that I just, yeah, it had nothing to do with her, but everything to do with just me wanting to be my own person. And it, it, honestly, I felt bad for her because for her, it's like she probably just, that's like her dream to work with her daughter. I Same know, thing with right? your mom, right? Like just like to work with your daughter and have fun. Yeah. But for us, it's like such a pride thing of like, I just want to do it on my own and know totally. that like I don't need your help. Um, and then I think once I got over that, I'm like definitely more open to 
doing things with her just because I feel like if people want to say what they want to say, you know who you are now. Yeah. Totally. For sure. And I don't know if this has happened to you before, but like my mom, so basically when I was getting into the fitness industry, my Mm -hmm. mom was like, I I can call this person. I can do this. And I was like, if you make one damn call, I will be so mad at you. I'm doing everything myself. Like she, so basically I'm in uh, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit this year, right? For example. And my dad's a sports agent. So he like literally put his athletes on the cover. Mm -hmm. And he was like, she was like, let me just have Jeff call and make a call. And uh-huh. I was like, if you call mm-hmm. and I get in because my mom, yeah, yeah. I will be devastated. And yeah. I won't even want it. I, that, I, that, yeah, I wouldn't want it, totally. truly. So like, I went through a three and a half year audition process to yes. get it. And I would way rather go through hell doing it that way besides making my mom do a call. Same. Because like, I'm sure you would want oh, to same. audition to make something. You don't want your mom to make a call. Same. You know how many auditions I do a week that I don't get? And my mom is just, like, sitting there on her hands, yeah. like, I'm <laughs> I sure help. I could help. And yeah. I'm like, you better not. No. I do not want your help. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if I have to struggle for the rest of my life to make this work. Like, I want to work for it, you know? I'm it's so way happy more that rewarding. you're the same way. Oh, because totally. Because I feel like a lot of people think, and we do have it good. I'm not saying that. We're in super any blessed. Yeah. So bl- blessed. I'm aware of my privilege for sure, but I just think that people need to know that side of us. 100%. That we are here to work for ourselves and be our own person. Yeah. And you not only have one famous parent, you have two. Mm-hmm. That's even harder, I feel yeah. like. And it, it's a totally different industry, right? Mm-hmm. And it was probably honestly good to grow up with an athlete as, as a I, dad. Yeah, I loved it. Because that mentality is like, an athlete mentality, there's nothing better. There is nothing better than athlete mentality. Right? Yes. So what has your dad taught you about? I know he was a hockey player, Hockey correct? player, oh. yeah. Okay, what has your dad taught you about your career, life, business, anything? I mean, growing up, he, well, he's from Russia. So he came here when he was 16. He grew up in Moscow. Wow. And um, him and his brother came over here to play hockey. And they have the best work ethic I've ever seen. And, you know, started from nothing, lived in poverty over there, and um, was raised by a single mother. And it, it was it was hard. So um, when he came over here, the one thing that he's just instilled in us is hard work and putting in all your effort. And my parents really didn't care growing up what I did, whether if that was I wanted to be a chef or an actor or, I don't know, a, writer, a, a teacher, or a whatever. Teacher. <laughs> whatever it was, my parents were like, we don't care. Just work hard at it and do a good job and, and that's it. if you it. love it. Yeah, exactly. But growing up uh, in the sports industry in that way, sports industry, that's the yeah, that's that's, is, is yeah, that right? That's great. I didn't, <laughs> the sports I didn't even blink. I was like, yeah, the sports industry. <laughs> the sports industry. Um, <laughs> you know, we, uh, my dad trained us like every single day and, and instilled in us that that work ethic, um, it's so funny. My dad has this saying called, like, excuses are for losers. That's, like, our family motto. <laughs> so he's, like, no excuses <laughs> in any form or shape of life. And so um, I'm really blessed, I feel like, to have him in my corner and to be brought up the way that I am because I – not that I look at a lot of the people that live – I don't want to discriminate and say in LA, but just some of the other yeah. people around me that uh, that don't have as hard of a work ethic as I feel like the way that my dad raised me and my brothers just to really get up and grind and to not make excuses and, um, you know, to, to really like make something of yourself. So totally. And I feel like especially in the entertainment industry, yeah. <laughs> the entertainment industry, a lot of the times, you know, you know, we could struggle with body image because it's all about being on screen, on camera, and being skinnier, losing mm-hmm. weight. But like growing up with an athlete parent, and if you guys are, you know, have kids out there to like teach your kids an athlete mentality at a young age is so yeah. important for their body image, right? Oh, yeah. Because we grew up 
like my parents were both, my, my mom was a gymnast. My dad was a professional tennis player. So I grew up training to be strong. Yes. I trained to lose weight to the, for the aesthetic, right? Yes. Do you agree oh, with that? Yes. Yeah. I, okay. So my best friend and my roommate, we have, we're polar opposites and we have very different views on working out and fitness and health. I work out and I eat healthy and I grind because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel strong. Totally. Like I just do it for my mental health. That's how I was raised. My dad never trained us to be at a certain weight no. or, or even think or about to it. look at a Yeah. It was always just like, you're doing this because this is what's good for your body and what's healthy. healthy. And so for me, it's like I wake up and I have to do it every single day because it's like it's like an itch I can't scratch type of thing. But in our culture, I feel like it's so common that, you know, you work out or you diet to look a certain way or to be a certain way. Right. And I don't think that way. And I feel like our society needs to change the perspective of like not you have to work out and you have to do this, but you get to because you get this beautiful body. I couldn't agree you know? more. I couldn't agree more. And I think we're very blessed because someone like my mom and dad, right, it was always about you are pretty smart. You are like very, um, you know, strong. You are athletically gifted. You are a nice, kind person. It mm -hmm. wasn't so much about my looks. Like my mom and dad were never like, hey, you need to go run a mile because you need to work out. You need to right. run a mile because you want to be the strongest on your lacrosse yeah. team. And so it was always this like training mentality that like, A, really taught me hard work in a career industry. Mm -hmm. B, taught me a really great body image mentality mm -hmm. with like working out and fitness. Yeah. Well, speaking of running a mile and just like in that, my dad, I used to think when I was younger because my dad worked us out so much and just trained us all the time that it was like if I got in a fight with my dad where I was throwing a tantrum or something – my dad would make me go run and I'd be literally kicking and screaming Stop. and crying. He'd Wait. follow me with a car Wait. and I'd be, I'd be on the sidewalk and I'd be like running and he'd follow me with a car and I always thought it was like this form of punishment and then after the run, 10 out of 10 times, I'd be in the best mood and that's because he knows like when you work out your body, you're releasing all those endorphins, like you're getting in a better mood, you're in a better mental space yeah. and so I would always thank him and like now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I know exactly why you're doing that not because it's like a punishment or because it's something hard but like you're really trying to like help my mood and totally for like me your to mental be, health exactly wait that's so crazy yeah. so if you got in trouble you'd run oh yeah no yeah you're kidding me yeah. i have never heard that before yeah. that's a great one no if you're yeah listening to this, that's a great yeah. idea yeah no uh, he he would make <laughs> us run all the time around our neighborhood and um yeah and it it helped it really helped like i'm i'm not kidding you 10 out of 10 times i would be in the best mood after it i always give him like a big hug even if i'd be like swearing at him during the run or something like that i'd be like cursing yeah. him out and and then right That's after, hilarious. I'd be like, okay, I feel a lot That's better now. That's such an athlete, dad. <laughs> I know, I know. So it's usually just like, send to your room, you're grounded. No, I know. Mo most of my friends would get their phone taken away. My dad was like, nope, put on your shoes. We're going we're for a run. I was That's like, amazing. I'm like, great. That's amazing. So would you say he was a stricter parent? Or I feel yeah. like your mom just seems so nice. Okay. She seems. <laughs> she seems so She's, nice. I she, can't see her yelling. They, they both run a pretty tight <laughs> ship. Um, but I think my dad, my dad has a way shorter temper. So I think he was like, we were a little bit more scared yeah. of him. My mom had a little bit more patience, but um, they're both pretty strict. And I'm really grateful for that because I feel like my brothers and I are pretty good kids. Like we turned out pretty okay. And Especially I think growing up in them. LA, right? Yeah. I feel like I'm so sorry, by the way, that it gets that stereotype. No, I, I does said that too. I know. LA, yeah. Like, you know, and if you're listening to this and you grew up in LA, by the way, like half my friends grew up in LA and they're phenomenal people. But for me, I know some people who also grew up in LA and I'm from the East Coast, right? And so my parents, they're like, 
private Catholic school yeah. my whole life, like very like, you know, kind of like yeah. your childhood too. Yeah. So I think growing up in LA, why does it get such a bad rep? Is it, I feel like it's really easy for like kids to steer away from. Cause LA is like a false reality bubble. Like yeah. it's not real life all of the time. So I feel like it has a stereotype. I also think it's like some of the people who don't come from LA totally. and then who come here and then yes. like progress that yes. like stereotype a little yeah. bit, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So switching gears <laughs> here, your dad is a professional athlete as yes. we've already talked about and now you're dating an athlete. I am. You are. Okay. <laughs> Tell me how you guys met and anything about it. <laughs> this is like the first time I've like ever talked about Yay! this. <laughs> we are breaking the news over here at Austin. Yeah. <laughs> um, we actually met through my best friend. They went to college together and um, I just met him through there. We went to church actually. He was in town. He's not from here, from California. Oh, He's actually he from? from Texas. Uh, a yeah. Texas boy? Yes. You win. I know. I know I do. <laughs> um, yeah. So he, he was just out here for a couple months and she invited him to church and I ended up going that same day and then we met and then Oh my gosh. Rest is history. And were you looking for a boyfriend or no. were you dating around for a little while? I was actually dating someone and I had broken up with someone like a week prior. Shut up. Mm-hmm. How long were you dating that person? I was dating that person for like five, five six months. Wow, that's a good amount of time. Yeah, and it was like not a good, it, it was not a good relationship. It wasn't like toxic or anything. I just knew I wasn't going to end up with this person. We right. didn't line up at all. So, Did your parents like him? The ex or yeah, the ex. Current. Uh, no, they actually never met him. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because I know I knew it was never gonna go anywhere. So have I was your like, parents met your current boyfriend? Yes, they have. and they like him. Yeah, they do. Have your parents ever hated your boyfriend? Because I had yes. two boyfriends that my parents hated, and it was really bad. Well, there was one guy. This is actually the only. The okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say names, no, I know. <laughs> so um, there was one guy when I was in high school. He was really the first boy to ever, like, talk to my parents about. And he was a hockey player. And, like, like, I only day up. Yeah. Apparently. (laughs) No, okay. I want to say something also. I had the idea, like, I used to, I, (laughs) sounds so horrible. I was known, so when my boyfriend met me, Mm -hmm. it was known that I was not going to date him because he wasn't an athlete. Okay, okay. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had a rep of being like a jersey chaser, but in yeah, no yeah. aspect, I dated three athletes, right? Mm-hmm. So like in no aspect to me, that was like a jersey chaser. I was never trying to f- like find an athlete. Right. I'm attracted to them because I love to work out. I love the work ethic. I grew up with two athletes. Yeah. I was an athlete in college myself. Yeah. It was just how it worked out. No, it's, it's, it's true. And I've been the same way. Like I've only ever really been attracted to athletes, but not because of anything other of just like the personality, no, the work ethic. No, I don't care shit how much yeah. money you yeah, make. Exactly. I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> At exactly. All. I just like the mentality. Exactly. And, um, the guy that I was dating um, before my current boyfriend, he was not an athlete. And I can just tell you, like, that was, it was, I don't know how we dated because we were so <laughs> polar opposites. He didn't yeah. enjoy any of the things that I really enjoyed, which is like working thing. out, fitness, health, all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, that's just like how it is. But anyways, there was this one guy <laughs> that um, he was actually friends with my little brother and he introduced me to him. And then I had t- told my mom, this is like probably when I was like a freshman. Actually, oh, no, mom. maybe I was like, 
Actually, maybe it was like a sophomore, junior. Still I don't young. know, but I was still in yeah, high school. Yeah. And I told my mom, I really want to, you know, invite him over for dinner. And my mom was like, your dad is not going to like that. <laughs> and my dad did not, um, my dad did not approve. And then after that, I was like, okay, so you guys don't approve the one person I really want to like invite over to our house, like whatever, then I'm never telling you guys about boys. And I seriously never told them about boys. And then for a long time, my mom thought that I had never dated anybody. And so... <laughs> So she's like writing in the news and in these interviews, like, yeah, Natasha's never dated anyone, no, no experience. I'm like, ma'am. So I had to sit her down and I was like, you know, I've dated this person, this person, this person, like all these people, like, I just don't tell you. And then she did another interview and she's like, oh, Natasha's dating everyone in LA. I'm like, okay. okay and this I'm is like, why I don't tell I you. I cannot anymore. win. So yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So they like your new boyfriend now though. Yes, they do. And how long have you guys been together? Uh, since the end of February. Okay. I mean, sorry, beginning of February. Okay. So, okay, so a few so, months. Yeah, a few yeah. months. Yeah. And then I saw, I feel like I stalk you now. <laughs> right? but I, I do my research before someone comes in. I, <laughs> um, I saw a TikTok that he's now a thousand miles away. Yeah. What do you mean? So um, he was just here temporarily for training and for now uh, he's a football player. Football player. He um, still plays. Mm-hmm. And so now he's back home, and this is my first long-distance relationship. I hate it with all my heart. I was going to ask my follow-up question. Yeah. How's long-distance? Because I—this is so horrible to say, but I don't think I could do it. Dude, I don't know how I don't I'm know. doing it. What city is he in? Dallas. And is he playing for—wait, is he playing for the Cowboys? No, no. He he will get drafted. or like oh, he's, he's going to the draft. Yes, yes. So he is right now in his most important moment of his yeah. life. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Do, how do you guys do long distance? Do you have any tips for anyone going through long distance right now? I feel like it's like too soon for me to say because I'm like only I've only been in it a few times. He's had long distance relationships before, so he um, definitely has like a better scope of it than I do. But I think communication is key. Um, I just got to see him this past weekend, which oh, was good. really fun. I hadn't seen him for like almost a month, so I was kind of oh I was kind of dying. <laughs> um, and then I finally got to see him, so it was fun. But yeah, just like having communication all, all the time, and um, and just I don't know. That's and, it. <laughs> well, do you have a? I feel like either um, in in the long distance relationship, at least one person should have a flexible schedule. Yeah. And I feel like you probably have a flexible schedule. I do, yeah. I think that's the cool thing about um, where we are right now, especially just in my career. Like, I can kind of go wherever I want, wherever I need to be. I actually was going to move to Nashville, like, earlier <gasps> last year just for yeah. fun yeah. because I could, and I've lived in L.A. for so right. long. Um, I ended up not, which was the best decision, like, for that period of time. But I have such a flexible schedule with my right. career. So it's um, definitely a blessing in that way. And I don't know how it would necessarily work if I didn't have that. For sure. So, And yeah. he's also going through a really important time of his life right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. The draft is literally next week, right? Yeah. Okay. So he's going through a really, really important time. I feel like whenever someone is so busy like that, it's probably good to have a little bit of space too so he yeah. can like fully focus on, you know, his craft per yeah, se. Yeah, totally. And so, wait, are you going to go to the draft? Um, well, I'll go to Dallas. I'll go to Dallas to be with him like during that draft Oh my gosh, weekend. so exciting. So I'm really excited. I'm oh nervous. But yeah, um, it's, it is nice that we have um, like that space. And also I think we're both very independent. And so I think it works well for us because I don't need to be like by him all the time. He doesn't need to be by me all the time. We can kind of do totally. our own things and then, you know, come together when we need to. I also think it's great that I understand the whole 100%. situation because 
I am not, for, I don't want to like speak for him, but there was like a period in time where we're kind of like, he was talking to me about how important this is. And I was like, no, 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 I, I get, get it. it. I get it. My dad was in this position. And also I have two brothers. They went all the way, um, you know, played hockey all the way till right. they were at the end of high school and decided if they wanted to pursue it, you know, full time as their career. So I was like, I get it. If anyone gets it, it's me. So I was like, I'm in your corner and like, I want to be able to support you in like the ways that. Yeah. And not only that, but you have ambitions too. And you have yeah, dreams that you're totally. working towards too. And I feel like, that's the whole thing why I, my sweet, sweet boyfriend's not an athlete now, but I really liked athletes <laughs> in the past is because I really like the dream aspect of it. Like mm -hmm. I love when someone has a dream and someone's mm -hmm. like ambitious about something. There's nothing hotter to me besides ambition. 100%. It's just, what is it about ambition? You could be the know. ugliest dude. Seriously. If you're ambitious, you're hot. If you're just going after your dreams full force and you just are holding back nothing, like it's go so off. true. It's <laughs> so true. Do you ever feel any pressure because, again, here I go with the stalker comment. <laughs> Do you have any, ever feel any pressure because your mom had you at your age now? Yeah. Um, I don't feel pressure, but when I was younger, I thought I would already be married and have a kid. Like, it's the same. No, seriously. Same. My mom got married at 20 and had me at 22. And wow. so, yeah. And when I was younger, like here, I only really, I saw my parents as like, the ideal, this is what I want to be when I right. grow up. So that's why I was like, college is not for me because they didn't go. My mom had, had got married at 20 and had me at 22. That's what I want to do. My mom is, my parents are so fun and young and hip and They're cool. They're so young. And I love them. I genuinely love hanging out with my parents like more than any of my friends. So I've always been like, that's exactly what I want to do. And I'm almost 24 now. And I'm like, no, I definitely cannot have a kid right now. <laughs> no, way. Um, no way. But when I was younger, I wanted that. But I don't feel for pressure sure. now. No, not at all. And I also also feel like first up society's changing in a way that's like ever, people are getting married a little bit later thank totally. goodness because like for me I always thought when I was like 19 I had a serious boyfriend I dated someone from like 19 to 23 right mm -hmm. and I always imagined myself being married with two kids by 25 mm -hmm. and I gave myself this internal clock and timeline that didn't need to happen yeah. and so then when we broke up I started dating another guy right away at 24 because mm -hmm. I thought I had to be like married by like right. 25 and I'm so happy that I didn't because I've changed so much in my yeah. 20s already like you will I always pretend like I'm so much older oh, than no, my I, dad I, I just, in my 20s <laughs> when I was 23 <laughs> but really like you're gonna change yeah. so much in your 20s have you already feel like you you're changing a little bit in your 20s yeah definitely I think I've I've gone through so many seasons just like yeah. in my 20s already and I'm only 23 um, but I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself, which I'm really prone to doing of like, you need to complete this and get this done and, and work on this. But I'm just trying to take each day as, as it comes. And, um, I think also a good thing is I, a lot of my friends are actually, my, all my best friends are older than me, like by a few years. So I look at them and where they're at and I, I don't feel like we're that far off. So it doesn't make me feel like, oh my gosh, everyone around me is like right. moving at this quick pace of life and I'm so far behind. I don't feel that, you know? I struggle with that for sure because mm -hmm. I am 28 now, as I've said 15 times. And I look at, you know, these young TikTokers, these people who grow so fast online on social yeah. media and they're like 19 years old, they're making $3 million a year. It's like- Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to not get caught up in wanting something so fast because we are in a world where everything happens so fast. Like social media, you can get famous overnight on it. Yeah. So, I mean, any advice for someone like me who's always thinking about the next? I know it's like live in the moment and focus on one thing at a time, mm -hmm. but any like advice that you 
have really found that can help ground you? I don't know. I, I definitely struggle with that too of I, I feel all this pressure to get things done now and to move at a quicker pace. But I also think like we're still young. Like yeah. we still have so much life ahead of us. And I think of, I have a few of my friends' parents and, you know, they didn't, really kickstart into what they love doing career-wise until they were, like, well into their 40s. Like, right. one of my mom's best friends didn't have a kid only until, like, a couple of years ago. And so, like, when I see those things and they're doing just fine, I'm like, I don't need to stress about it. And totally. I think wherever God wants me to be is, like, where he's going to put me. And so I just 100%. have to put trust in that. Um, it's not easy. Like, I really have to be conscious about my thought process in that. But— yeah, just trying to take deep breaths. And honestly, in therapy too, like I have been working on that, just like living in the present and like being aware of my surroundings and not trying to focus so much on the future because I feel like it causes me so much anxiety. I agree. And I think when we focus on other people too, that is how I get thrown off. You know, focusing on myself, making sure like I am doing exactly what I love to do. Mm -hmm. and That's all that really matters. And like, fully focusing on myself as not to compare it to others. I actually, you know, when you look back at how far you come, I, I saw like these like old cooking videos of me and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I really wanted everything yeah. in that moment. And that was so sad of me. Like I was like editing like crazy, filming like crazy. Yeah. And I was like, just slow down. Yeah. You're not in a rush. And like knowing like now today, looking back, I was like, oh, I, why, why did I do that to myself? Mm -hmm. Like, I wish I could just go back to my 20-year-old self and be like, it's okay. Yeah, I think because we're always so we're always, always so prone to wanting stuff in the moment and like right now and like speeding the process. I think about that stuff all the time too. I look at myself a few years ago when I was struggling to figure out what I even like wanted to do with my entire life and where I was in such a deep point and looking at myself now and I'm like, okay, just, just take a deep breath. Yeah. It's going to be okay. So then I have to remind myself of this moment of like, okay, think about in three, four years, you have no idea where you're about to be, but I can guarantee you when you're there, you're going to be like, okay, you should have just chilled. You know, you should have just taken a deep breath. Totally. And it's really nice to also remind yourself like you're not alone. Yeah. Like everyone else around you, I was going to say is struggling. That's a little bit far, but everyone else around you is yeah. also like feeling the same way in your twenties. Like everyone feels very lost of what they're doing in life yeah. and like wanting the next thing. And so I think the biggest thing is just like keep reminding yourself, keep having those like affirmations in your head, like you're doing okay. Yeah. Just keep trying your best. Yeah. That's all we can do. And surround yourself with people that are ambitious and that do have yeah. those goals because I think it's also so encouraging and you'll be able to see not only their success, but their failures. And that'll kind of give you just a little bit of like a reality check of totally. you're not only seeing it uh, from a social media screen of all the, all the success. Because at least for me, that's what I always see. Like on social media, I see all these people, you know, booking jobs or right. getting deals or like whatever it may be. Be, and then I'll sit home and maybe I'm not getting the same thing or I'm not growing as fast or it, things aren't working out for me. And then um, I get super discouraged and I'm like, no, they're just not showing, but they probably are going through. Not probably, they are, are. going through the exact same thing that I am. Mm -hmm. And like, so when I have friends that are just as ambitious and I kind of see them rise and also fall and rise and fall, it gives me a lot of comfort. Not that other people's failure is comfort, no, but it I just, totally get you. you know, I fully it, it get helps. you. I finally just became friends with like, I feel like the last like two-ish years, other influencers. Yeah, same. And I think it's like actually really helped me Yeah, because I'm like, oh damn, they're going through it too. They're going through this with this yeah. brand or a management company or someone's yeah. like, you know, effing up in this side. Totally. And like, it like helps to see the other side of it and yeah. be friends with people in your same industry too. Mm -hmm. In your same industry, but you don't compare yourself. Yeah. You know? I think that really, really yeah, helps. Yeah, for sure. So in season one, this is now season two, but in season one, we did this segment called Mood Boosting Mantra. 
and we're okay. now taking it back for season two. Okay. This is the first time we're doing it in season two. You're like, oh, you're only episode four, but first time <laughs> we're doing it in season two. If you had to give one mantra, affirmation, something that you say to yourself or rings true to like what you're going through, what would it be? Your mood boosting mantra. It could be like throughout your life. Mm-hmm. It could be today. It could be in this moment. I don't know how mood boosting this is because it's like a little scary, but something that I do say to myself a lot is to do things and say yes to things that scare me because I I feel like the best experiences come out of them, whether it be like actual success or just personal growth. I remember I was probably in high school and I think my mom watched like a Katy Perry documentary or like something. She watched something and she was like, Natasha, I need to, I need to tell you this right now. I watched this documentary and I just really need to like explain to you what she was saying in it. And she was just saying like, if there's something scares you, you need to go after it and you need to do that because it scares you and because it's going to grow you. And so that has stuck with me. And I've done so many things in my life that have scared me only because it scares me, not because I've wanted to do it by any means. Right. Um, and some of them have been successes. Some of them haven't. But the common denominator throughout all of them is that I have grown just within myself and I'm super proud of myself for doing that. And so that's something I always try to encourage my friends and, you know, my family or anybody. Like if if you're nervous about something, taking a risk yeah. or you don't know how it's going to end up, like that's okay. Do it because you don't know and figure it out when you get there. I you know? couldn't agree more. And I think especially doing that at a young age is mm-hmm. really important. Yeah. Like I feel like when I was in my early 20s, I did a lot of those moments that really scared me and that helped prepare me for really anything. Like I had to, I I agreed to host at the Super Bowl. I remember this like just like sticks out to me vividly. I agreed to host at the Super Bowl and it was like a 48-hour notice and they gave me like all these players and they were like, do you know, do you know everything? And I was like, yes, yeah. I know what is going on. Whatever you, of course I know. I know. Of course, I like basically lied. It yeah. was like imposter. I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yep, I can do this. I can do this. I just really wanted the job. It was a really good opportunity. I was so nervous. I I mean, like, I didn't sleep and I was just studying and studying and yeah. I was the most scariest moment. But after doing that, I literally came out of being like, I can host anything now. Yeah. Truly, I feel like because I got so out of my comfort zone and I was so nervous, I got through it and I'm like, damn, Put me in front of anything now. Yeah, I can, it gives I you can that confidence yeah. of like it might have been, you know, like and thank God that it wasn't a fail. It wasn't a failure. It was no, great. It wasn't. Yeah. So, it was, but if it was, it was, like, still that's okay because totally. it's like now you have a little bit more of a confidence boost of like, okay, well, it didn't turn out great, but at least I know I can do it, and then I can totally. protect it next time. You know, and I always say finding out what you don't like is just as important as finding out what you do yes. like. So even if I went in there and I was like, oh, damn, I had a horrible time. I didn't like that. I was like, oh, I don't like football hosting. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. I figured out something about myself. Totally. So even if you put yourself in those scary moments and you find out, like, I hated that, yeah. then you'll never do it again. Yeah, I think, too, The I have such bad anxiety of not knowing what the, some some experiences is. Like, before I do anything, I have to do so much research on it. And, Same. like, let oh me know, if, is this going to hurt me? Is this going to scare me? How am I going to feel? Like, I, I have to cover all my bases. Same. And so I'm, like, the anxiety of not knowing or not experiencing something is, like, almost worse than just figuring out and if it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's good, you know? I couldn't couldn't agree more. Well, Natasha, I feel like that's a perfect way to end this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your mood-boosting mantra. I think it was actually mood-boosting. I okay, do. Because I think great. it gives you confidence. Yes, At I think so, At the end of the too. day— you want that confidence that you can accomplish anything, and that's yes. what it is. So thank you so much for being on Austin AF. Where can everyone find you and what you're up to next? Um, you guys can find me 
on my social medias. <laughs> I was like, well, on my what? Um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, at Natasha Bray. I post every Monday. And then hopefully future acting projects and lots of music to come, hopefully at the end of this year. Yay! So, yeah. I'm so excited for that. Yay. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Bye, guys.